Life can throw a curveball at you now and again, as we've seen lately. But you know one thing that's constant? That yearly trip around the sun. Join us as we talk about celebrating in isolation and some nostalgic memories of past parties. Oh, and we'll have some fun and games to boot. Put on your party hat for this in-between episode. This is Way Back Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting next to me on the screen here is Preston Burt. Preston, you are I a feel, star. Oh, thanks. I feel like Mr. Fancy Pants. We've got <laughs> our our uh, fancy technology. we got our stuff in the background. We're looking good, man. I hope we're sounding good, too, for those folks listening on the podcast apps. But, hey, now we've got a whole new audience out in YouTube land. Yeah, it's um, it has been quite a... Uh, uh, a, an effort setting all this up and then um, <laughs> I'm going to trash it all after this episode and start back from scratch. So <laughs> there's always that. There's always something hey, to do. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a good first episode to try out this video stuff because it's an in-between episode. So this is like a, a more laid back and casual version of the show. Right. Some random topics we're going to talk about. Although we do have one focus that the, we mentioned at the top of the show, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm of this airing is someone's birthday. That's right. It's uh, it's my birthday. And I figured why not celebrate it by, uh, you know, starting, starting fresh, starting new, just like I was born today. So, and by giving yourself a whole lot of work by setting up audio and video mm-hmm. and making sure the nuts and bolts of the show run. So thanks for doing that. And yep. Hey, happy early birthday. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, I figured that this was uh, an, a good time to start a show because you and I both have a lot of birthdays surrounding this time time period. Oh, anyways. my gosh. Yes. Uh, so your birthday is, is tomorrow. And then I've got my daughter in the middle of April. Mm-hmm. I've got my um, oldest daughter at the Cinco de Mayo, man. Uh, yeah. And oh, I, did you know, I heard that this year we've managed to get Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday lined up. And we can't even celebrate because we're all in isolation. So well, you know, gonna be a bumper. it's all going to be opened up by then, anyway. So you're you're good. Oh to go. yeah, uh, yeah. Same thing with me. Like uh, I tried to clone myself, and so uh, I missed by a couple of days. My youngest daughter was born three days after me, and then um, my dad had also tried to do the same thing, and he was born four days before me. And so uh, you know, we in my family, it's, it's all at the same time also. So that's something to, uh, yeah. Be I don't know about. if being born on the same day would be easier or harder. I know my sister, her birthday is two days after Christmas. Oh. That's, that's in a whole ordeal. And we have to set aside very special time to make sure that there's no joint party celebration. It's, it's Christmas. And then two days later, it's birthday and it's full extravaganza and everything. So I hope that, um, that you do the same with uh, with your your kids, so that you celebrate you and then have a full celebration for her. Because I think joining on the same day kind of feels a little little oh, cheated. Really, little cheated. I always love that. Like I, I had friends <laughs> when I lived in Valdosta. I had a friend of mine, and our birthdays were like a week apart, and so we used to always throw this like massive party like for for both of us. And it was so funny because uh, there was there was one time. Uh, so I'm sitting in the in the kitchen or whatever, drinking and talking to one of my friends. This girl walks up, and so like all my fr- all, all my friends at this party, they're all punks, and I, I didn't dress that way. 
as she walks into the kitchen and she's like, what are you doing here? You stupid raver. And I was like, I'm sorry. And, and she's like, yeah, what are you doing at this party? You're not supposed to be here. And my friend that was in the kitchen with me, was like, this is his, this is his birthday party. What are you talking about? That's great. That's so great. Oh, I hope she felt awful. That's, that's a good story. Yeah. Well, do you have any, you know, since I know you're still working and you're still going out for work, but, we're not going to be going to any restaurants and eating out or anything. Do you have any special birthday plans planned? Um, well, today we did birthday stuff. Um, so, so I did not do the thing that you said. Uh, and we did uh, mine and my youngest daughter's birthday stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm not going to have her on her actual birthday. And so I, I figured. Gotcha. Um, but so while I was at work today, uh, my my two daughters and my girlfriend made um, my youngest daughter for her birthday. She wanted to go to CC's. Uh, and or Stevie B's, and so um, you know, obviously we couldn't do that, and so the, instead, uh, my girlfriend ordered pizza, and then today while I was at work, they made um, they made games to play like at the arcade at Stevie B's, oh, and so they awesome. they had this like one of those things that you spin like the big wheel that you spin it, and, and there was different things written on it, like tickets and stuff like that, and like then, with cardboard and stuff. Yeah, uh huh. It was all That's like old so boxes. Cool. And then they did like a ball throwing game and stuff like that. So it was, it was fun. And That's then, great. Man. And then afterwards we opened presents. So cool. Well, uh, my daughter's is middle of middle of April or actually hers is coming up in just a few days. And, uh, well, she's turning 11. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's not necessarily a milestone birthday, but still when you're 11 years old, birthdays are still a really big thing, but we can't have her party, but she's okay with that because she was going to have a birthday party in the summer anyway right? and uh, have a pool party. But we're doing uh, a drive-by parade. So her friends have been invited co- to come in her car- in their cars and drive by, wave to her, wish her well, say hey. And uh, she'll just be sitting out front in a princess chair with balloons and, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. And a little sign next to her that says, I'm 11. So it'll be fun. Nice. That sounds like a good time. Well, um, what else have you been doing in isolation, man? Have you been doing anything fun or nostalgic? Uh, so I am still working on um, the cleaning up the pinball machine uh, because the uh, since I've been going since I was back at work, uh, it, I've had less time to be able to do that. And then also, like I dropped a screw down inside of a of, in, inside of a scoop, and I didn't feel like taking apart the, the stuff that I had just put back together. And so instead mm-hmm. I ordered a, uh, one of those magnetic things, uh, to get down into it. And so I waited for that and I got that and I'm off the next two days. And so I might put that back together, uh, then, uh, that way it's at least done because I also did realize a part that I, the back left since last, last week we talked about the back right uh-huh. was the only thing left and the back left. I realized I was like, why do I still have this extra rubber? And I was like, when I was looking down the, the scoop, I realized I missed putting a rubber in some place. So now I have to take it all apart again oh, and, no. and put, and put that rubber back. Uh. On. And so when I, when I realized that happened, I was just like, I'm not going to worry about it right now. I feel for you, man. I feel for you. I feel for you. Um, I've been uh, I've been at home and working outside, trying to take advantage of the sunshine, and I've been enjoying a few fine nostalgic things. Um, and that's been reading. I actually saw your girlfriend just got a new Kindle white page book thing. Mm-hmm. Have you offered some good suggestions to her? 
Well, she has she has access to all my books, so she's lucky with that because I'm really big about buying things and not ever using them. So I just have tons and tons of books that I've been like, oh, I'm going to read this one day. Um, and I I told her uh, I don't even remember the the name of the book that I, I recommended, but I did recommend something on her Instagram uh, when she posted about that. But yeah, we somehow we both used to have Kindle Paperwhites, and then. Uh, it was even before we moved to the house, the, the house that we're in now, mm-hmm. uh, they just went missing. And I don't know where they are. I think it was when we moved from the previous apartment that we were living at to the next apartment, they went missing uh-huh. during that time. And we never saw them after that. So, Oh man. Yeah. Well, um, I have a couple of recommendations. I don't know if she'd like them or not, but mm-hmm. maybe our listeners will. I thought about it a little bit more. Um, one of them, I definitely don't think she can use on the paperwhite because it is a much more visual book. Oh. But I actually, for our video uh, watchers here, I've got a couple of books to share. Uh, one is called Best Movie Year Ever. Um, and I was gifted this uh, maybe for my birthday or something. Uh, and this is how 1999 blew up the big screen. So this is a really cool book that that talks about how 1999 was like the last truly creative uh, and monumental year of cinema. Uh, I don't know how much that holds true now that we get a few independent things like, you know, Parasite or whatever, you Mm. know, really, really cool inventive stuff. But as far as like big Hollywood doing really quirky things. So this one talks about like, um, I mean, you can see on the cover there, it talks about, Fight Club and Election, uh, Boys Don't Cry, The Matrix, Iron Giant, Sixth Sense. So I love this book uh, because it's pretty revelatory as far as thinking about how cutting edge and, and, and cool these things were at the time. But also I have an affinity for it because it was the year that I was uh, first hired at the movie theater that I worked at in college. So I screened almost all of these movies, I put them together with the film, 35 millimeter film and, and projected them. So that was really, really fun. Yeah. Um, another, oh, was, uh, oh, oh, you talk well, about it, man. Well, I was, I was going like to say, movies? well, so fight club is what, well, when did fight club, when did everybody start hating fight club? I don't hate fight club. I mean, I think the author Chuck Palahniuk, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of his anymore. Uh, but the book and the, the movie really good i mean fight club is great somewhere it turned it turned a turn in pop culture where people i think like i think it happened when with people getting older and then like i think when they were younger they were really they really felt it was really intellectual and stuff you know when they were like you know back oh, in like it's so deep right it's really, yeah and then yeah. now when people are revisiting it they're like Psh, whatever that movie's whatever and like i still like that movie like i like i like polonic I, I think um Rant is very good, and I have a book that he signed. Um, uh, so the uh, uh, it, so I, I like him a lot, but I just I like I'm glad that you still like Fight Club because I still like Fight Club too, and I felt weird because I was like, man, everybody seems to hate that movie now, and so it's strange Dude, to me. Meatloaf with <laughs> Bob with his you know what's, and then uh, I I mean look. You can't get past how cool that intro was, like just mm-hmm. the opening credits where you go at a cellular level and right. it comes out of the follicle and the gun. And I mean, that's that's awesome, uh, especially for the time man. all that computer generated imagery. Yeah. Oh, I forgot a, a central one here. You can see that we have the Blair Witch Project was also that year. Um, oh, and then down here, 
office space. Oh yeah. So I'm, I mean, that whole lineup lineup of 1999 films are great. So if you're into movies, uh, you want to know the full details about some of these seminal classics beyond just the Wikipedia page, check this one out. And then one for your girlfriend. Uh, like I said, she won't be able to enjoy it on the paperwhite, but this book I bought for my wife for Christmas one year, uh-huh. uh, last year, uh, paperback crush. And this is the totally radical history of the eighties and nineties teen fiction. And I mean, the cover says it all. Everybody has read, uh, or seen books like these yeah. from the eighties and early nineties girl talk. Um, I didn't realize girl talk was a book. Uh, that rem- may not be. I, mean, I remember it, the toy girl talk, talk about the dateline game time. You remember that commercial? Uh, huh. Judy Bloom stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, of course, they talk about Sweet Valley High mm-hmm. and Babysitter's Club and all those things. But a lot of the, the really weird things and, and kind of the cultural impact of these and how it spoke to young girls. And I actually I've actually read this book and I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, I had a sister. I have a, not had I have a sister, but I had a sister growing up and she had tons of these stories and books. Um, but I didn't really read much of those. But then at the end, they get into stuff that I actually did read, which is the Christopher Pike and the R.L. Stein books. Um, and that kind of jumped, uh, you know, gender boundaries. Uh-huh. And this is uh, it's by author Gabrielle Moss, and she's on Twitter. And uh, again, the book is Paperback Crush. Look at those. Look at those classics back there. Yeah. Goosebumps and R.L. Stein and Sweet Valley High. So. Uh, did you remember seeing any of these? Well, yeah. So I read, <laughs> I read um, some of the Babysitter Club books. I had four sisters growing up, so I was well accustomed to to all the girl stuff. Uh, my oldest daughter right now has started reading. Um, I, I think I know she's reading Boxcar Children. And I think she started reading uh, Babysitters Club also. So cool. Well, those are a couple of book recommendations for you guys trying to kill some time in isolation. Uh, and, oh, I've got one funny thing to talk about, which is, you know, obviously I'm losing my hair, so it's not like I have a lot of it. But to me, this is getting a little long, a little shaggy. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, it's about time for a haircut. And it it made me think of a story uh, a couple weeks ago when uh, my friend and I, we were talking about the fact that we had to, we had to postpone our convention called way back weekend. We've talked about it here on the show before. It's a nostalgia convention in Atlanta. And due to the coronavirus, you know, we just, it it was scheduled for May, middle of May. And we were like, uh, no thanks. We, we can't do that. So we had to cancel it. But anyway, I had some renewed vigor and I was thinking about some great ideas that we could have when we finally do get to have it, um, next year. And I thought about a great rate of ways money I mean, I still haven't fleshed this all out yet, but the name came to me and I thought it'd be something visual and fun and funny. But you know how like, um, you know, how, like at grade schools and stuff, they do contests where you put a cream pie on a principal or you, uh, you know, kiss a pig or something like that. Uh-huh. Well, I thought we could raise money with Floby for charity. Okay. And you know what the Floby is, right? Yes. It's the okay, classic so, way. It's the vacuum vacuum hair cutter. Yes. If you've ever seen Wayne's World, it's kind of like that thing that Garth gets his hair cut with in the, um, the opening segment there. 
it sucks as it cuts. Um, and I, again, I don't know how it'll work, but I thought getting some people on stage to actually see them get their hair cut with a Floby would be hilarious. And so I brought this idea. I was really energetic, enthusiastic. I brought it to my friend and he was like, I don't, I don't get it. I, you know, like Floby for charity, you know, Floby, it sucks while it cuts. It's hilarious. It'll be great. And he's like, what's wrong with a Floby? I was like, you know, it's it's old and, you know, it's nostalgic. People remember the infomercials. He's like, I still use a Floby. <laughs> and so my friend that I talk to every week, that we have lunch regularly, we're organizing this convention together. He and his sons to this day actually use a Floby. And I laughed then, <laughs> but I'm not laughing now. Because so I can really use it. The um, I would have... Like, do you think they they must still sell them? Do you think he just has like an old one at, at the house? I don't know. I mean, they must still sell them. Yes, that's crazy. But think about that. I don't know how old it is. That's. Can you think of any other as seen on TV things that are still being sold that are that old? Like maybe Chia Pets. Those are pretty yeah, old. But definitely, man, I can't think of that many as seen on TV. Ginsu things. knives. Maybe Ginsu knives are still being sold. I don't know. I don't see the commercials for them, but they might be sold. Oh. You know what it is still being sold? What's that? George Foreman Grills. Uh-huh. Yep. Oh, you know what? Uh, I don't think it's going to pick up that far. So one of my birthday presents was a ceramic knife because it cut my finger so good when I cut it on that ceramic pot. <laughs> oh, I no. had to get one for, for cutting meat. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, well, Floby for charity sounds funny, but right now it'd actually be helpful to have one to, to give this shag a trim. Yeah. You should just be like me. Like uh, when it starts getting to where I have to comb it, I just, I just either, I usually, I'll always shave it with my clippers, and then if I'm really bored, I'll also bick it. So no, you're funny because I'll, I'll look at you and I'll see you, and in my mind, you'll look how you look right now: uh-huh. full bushy beard, decent set of hair. But then the next time I see you, you have not only just close cropped your hair, you actually shave it. And you shaved off all your beard, so you're completely <laughs> bald on top, um, and it's 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 quite jarring. Like I have to I have to reprogram our brain to remember brain to remember it's it's you. <laughs> when I had used to have hair, I used to always dye it and do all kinds of stuff. I get bored with the way I look, and so now that I don't have <laughs> hair, I have to do it some other way. There you go. Uh, so any other things you've been nostalgic things you've been keeping busy with? Uh, well, there is one other thing, but we'll get back. We'll get to that later on in the show. Okay, cool. Well, I wanted to talk about one thing, which is, you know, people are trying to find ways to like calm. And I mean, I know we're at home, but still it's, it's a little stressful, a little hectic. You're looking at social media all the time. It's doom and gloom. So one of my favorite things is to, uh, center myself is to bag and board comic books. It's like just, you know, it's mindless. You get something going on TV or some music playing and you're just putting one in there in the bag, getting the bag and the board and then the comic. And I've got whole boxes of comics that I've been meaning to put out at my uh, antique store booth, which is closed. So this this time at home has given me some energy to do that. And um, I just like the way that they're all uniform, something a little OCD about it. Uh, but, but it's a good, it's, it's good calming effect. Yeah. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because, um, wait, hang on. Do you hear that sound? Oh, I hear it. Oh, that means it's time to play a game. 
And this game is going to be called Comic Book Titles, Real or Fake. Okay. So, I was, of course, a collector in the 90s as a kid. And it was a comics boom, the 80s and 90s for a little bit. And there were independent comics. There were They were throwing everything under the sun to try to make it stick. All the... Spider-Man 2099 series and Ravage 2099 and I love 2099. Malibu comics. Those are the best. I used to have the first ones of all of those. So uh, let's just say they were throwing everything at the wall to see what could stick and not a lot stuck. So I came across uh, a bunch of comic books that I honestly, in my years of collecting, never heard of before. Okay. So I'm going to give you real quick. I'm going to give you 15 titles, and just right now, real quick, um, tell me whether you think these are titles that are real okay. or that I've made up. Okay? Okay. Uh, now, real quick, are these a mixture of publishers, or is it like all Marvel or all DC? They are a mixture of publishers. Okay. They're a mixture of big names like Marvel and Dark Horse, um, and then there are a lot of of totally just, I don't even know these publishers <laughs> existed. So... You're in for a treat. Let's see how well you do. Okay. There are 15, uh, and you're just going to tell me real or fake. And we'll start off with the most generic name ever, Hero Man. Hero Man is fake. Okay. Uh, Mr. Monster. I'm going to say that's real. Sounds like a DC character. Trash Collector. I'm going to say that's real. That sounds like a Marvel character. All right, then genetics with the X capitalized mm, at the end. If we're talking 90s, then yes, uh, I'm going to say that's a real thing. <laughs> okay. Team America. Not Team America World Police, but Team America. <laughs> oh, geez. I hate saying yes as much as I have, but I think that's real too. Okay. Turd burglar. <laughs> I do not think that's real. <laughs> I, I couldn't even do it in a straight face. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I tried to wedge it in there really good, but uh, I okay. So what, what was your final answer? On that that one? one was not real. Uh, okay, just just thought I'd make sure. Okay, um, Battle Tide. No, fake. Okay, totally extreme team. Yes, that's real. Cobalt Blue. No, that's fake. Although it sounds like a Punisher type of character. All right. Motorhead. Yeah, that's real. Captain Glory. <laughs> yes, that's real. Captain Corona. No, that's not real. Texas Chainsaw Samurai. No, that's not real. Although that would be a good book. And lastly, Fat Ninja. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, Brian. You went through 15 comic book titles to tell me whether they're real or fake. Yeah. So let's go through it. Hero Man, you told me that was not real. Correct? That That's what I had written <laughs> down. You told me not real. Yep. Hero Man is real. Oh. Is it, who published that? That doesn't look like a real comic book. This is published by, let me see, uh, Dimension Graphics in 1986. Okay. All right. That is so a fake-looking comic book. I'll say that. 
Okay, it is, yeah, $1.75, <laughs> man. That's Dang. expensive back in ni- 1986. And it was black and white, too, so I don't know. Oh, wow. I, I guess just low print run, you had to pay for premium there. Okay, next title, Mr. Monster. You told me that Mr. Monster was real, and you are correct. Yeah. That is a Dark Horse comic. Michael T. Gilbert's Mr. Monster. This is issue number one I'm holding up here. Nice. Origins. It is also black and white. That's worth and some money. It looks pretty rad. I would read this. I should read this. I'm going to read this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trash Collector. You told me that Trash Collector was a real title. Brian, you are wrong. Oh. That is a fake, fake comic book title I made up. It sounded so too much like a DC one. character. That had to be in my head. That was a DC character. Yeah, I thought it was a little like dark and grim and gritty. So I thought that could fit in like the Dark Horse line or something. But mm-hmm. time to take out the trash is his, <laughs> is his catchphrase, right? Hey, you better trademark that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you said genetics with a capital X on the end was real. And Brian, you are correct. That was Marvel UK's line, oh, genetics. Wow. Uh, look, they got a nice little wraparound cover. And they got like every 90s superhero trope there is. Uh, they got guy with big guns and he's got his hair shaved into the side. They got energy guy flying scantily clad woman. You know, they, they got them all. It looks like they have someone like speedball on there too. Yeah. I've never read this one. I've never heard of this one. I, I'm curious about the Marvel UK line and how successful that was. Like you wonder if someone is in great Britain right now and is like, you know, what really touched me as a child was genetics. I really connected with that one. It's my favorite of all time. Meanwhile, we're over here across the pond and haven't heard anything about it. But I love looking through these. You get to see all kinds of uh, ads for Adam's Family Values and, uh, oh, look, Mortal Kombat. It's, uh, you know, I've never thought that Mar- like companies like that would have like different series. And for some reason, I just never thought they would have different series in different places. Yeah. Oh, hey, Brian, check it out. For your pinball machine. Nice. Bram Stoker's Dracula. The Super Nintendo. Did you know they made a Super Nintendo game? Yeah, I, I didn't have the Super. I got the um, the Sega CD one because uh, it had FMV movie clips. All right. So moving on. Uh, I said Team America. You said that was an actual title. And you, sir, are correct. This one's vintage, man. This is a little older. It's 1982, but it looks like 70s. It's yeah. got the the bar across the top. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's like some sort of like. I knew it was going to be a Marvel thing. That Team America sounds like a Marvel thing, but I, I assumed it would have like Captain America and some of those other people in it. USA agent. No, it's all like stunt drivers and and motorcyclists and stuff. Uh, what I'm impressed by is how well the color of uh, progressed so i don't know if you can tell the difference on video but here's a you know the vintage newsprint still got some good color but look at that one from the 90s oh yeah dude because uh, that, that other one's like the way image did theirs huh is the 90s one is that glossy it's not slick it's not super slick uh, but it definitely is is more vibrant and saturated so huh. 
Um, not all Marvel comics at the time were that good, but that genetics, man, they know what's still going on. Okay, uh, Turd Burglar. <laughs> you said that that title was fake. Brian, you're correct. That title was fake. I knew it. Good job. Good job. Do you remember uh, those cheap comic books that you would see at doctor's offices where the covers were like almost cloth? Like they were, they were paper, but they had like a weird texture to them where they felt like they felt like cloth to me when I was a kid. Like there no, was one about but, Spider-Man, like talked to some kid that was being like abused or molested or something like that. And it, I remember reading it and like thinking, wow, the cover to this is really strange. No, I, uh, I don't remember that, but I do remember having, uh, I had a, a Spider-Man comic. It was just a traditional comic, but, it, but it was one of those in a doctor's office ones that you could take. It was like Spider-Man versus the asthma villain guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I it was to try one. to teach kids about asthma. Yep. And also um, be fun, but I've still got that one somewhere. Okay, moving on. Battletide. You thought that one was fake. Brian, you are wrong, because that one is real. That is also a Marvel UK title. I never knew this existed. This is from Marvel UK in 1992. Um, They got ads for Aladdin in there. They got the great color. They got Spider-Man video game ad. Uh, a lot of, ooh, look, they got a lot of blood on that page there. Hmm. So a little, maybe a little more violent for the kiddos in Is there Great a Britain. on it? Because they would have been doing the comics code by the time, right? Yeah. Well, look at this. Here's that ad for Ravage 2099 I was talking about. That was, like, gettable character. That's up there with, like, Nomad. Nobody remembers that guy. I don't remember a 2099 um, of him. Hey, I rest my case. <laughs> And then classic ad for Candyman. Nice. So, and they end with, uh, on the back, they have an ad for X-Men fans, victory. Uh, sorry, attention X-Men fans, lead the uncanny X-Men to victory for some sort of board game that I have no re- recollection of. Do you remember an X-Men board game? No. Or down at the bottom, an X-Men card game from Pressman? Uh, that must have been a UK thing. Because the, Dude, I'm going to have to look. That artwork looks just like the NES... Uh, there was a Wolverine game for the NES, and that's what I thought that was going to be. Cool. Okay, we're moving on. We're over halfway there, I think, or almost halfway there. Cobalt Blue, you said that was fake. You're wrong. That one's real as well. This is by some company I never knew existed called Innovation, and he looks like he looks like a long-haired um, Quicksilver, I guess. I think he looks some... like he looks like someone from like old Guardians of the Galaxy or like one of the right like legions of superheroes or yeah, something. Uh huh. Now this one was from '89, but it's got it's got full color and oh, it wow. is maybe even slicker and fancier than the the UK titles you've seen here. Um, well, there's some like that's why you've never heard of that company. They went out of business immediately because they're high quality. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Anyway, they got some sort of prospector character along with dude who shoots lasers out of his eyes. Oh, come on, laser man. All right. Cobalt Blue, out of there. Uh, Motorhead, you said that was real. You're doing good. That is Dark Horse Comics uh, Motorhead, and it's not starring Lemmy (laughs) from the band. It's starring some Death Stalker guy. This is from 1993. Good job. Moving on. I'm sure people are getting bored. I should have made this fewer questions in hindsight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Captain Glory. 
no, that's not, let's not finish that sentence. Never mind, Preston, don't say that. <laughs> Bad joke. Uh, Captain Glory, you said it was real. Brian, you were also correct on that one. That is real. Captain Glory from Topps Comics. Huh. And this one's still sealed mint in the bag. Wow. I don't know the exact date it was produced, so that's why I said 90s, because this was the poly bag era. It came with a fancy mm-hmm. um, trading card. It's a foil trading card. Yeah, dude. Oh, but so I haven't read this, but I got to give props, even though it's kind of a crazy, wacky character. Uh, it's a Jack Kirby original, man. Oh, wow. Or, well, the cover is anyway. It's got yeah. a big Jack Kirby on it. So together again, Roy Thomas and Steve Ditko. So maybe there's just wow. a cover, but still props to them. Okay. Captain Corona. You said fake. Brian, you're right. That thing was fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what you didn't get right was you said that Texas Chainsaw Samurai was fake. No, son. <laughs> That thing is real. Texas Chainsaw Samurai from Solson Publications in 1986. <laughs> that looks great. You a big Solson follower there? I love Solson. I got all their stuff. Look, there's the publishers right there. Wow. They mean business. Say, say that Chuck guy's last name. I am not even going to try to <laughs> chimp, attempt that. Uh, it is spelled W-O-J-T-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. I think ski is the last part. Which which Wachkowski? Mike Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. There you go. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway, this one looks pretty pretty awesome. Black and white. Check out Texas Chainsaw Samurai if you get a chance. This is issue number one, man. Issue number one. Probably one of one, but who knows. You've got all the number ones. I know. All right. And uh, last one, Fat Ninja. Real <laughs> Or fake? Nope. It is real psych. Oh, it's man. real. Fat ninja. <laughs> You've got it wrong, bro. Look at that. That's pretty, uh, that that's is a great from cover. Silver Wolf Comics. I like one hand a katana, the other hand a chicken drumstick. That's right. Black and white. And um, made, like I said, 1986. Again, I don't know how many... I have no idea how many uh, issues they made of this, but this is the kind of stuff I appreciate. This is probably worthless, but I love that I have a copy of that because who else that you know of says, hey, I've got a copy of Fat Ninja right at my bedside. I can read anytime I want. You don't love it. You're going to sell it. Huh? I said, you don't love it. You're going to sell it. No, it's not in a baggie, is it? I'm not selling that thing. Okay. Uh, I'm not selling that thing because... We're going to give that away as a prize. Nice. Okay, so before we go into the details of the prize, uh, we have to go across your record. It looks like, ooh, Ryan, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven wrong, but that means you got eight right. So, Brian, you're a winner. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what I thought we'd do is for folks who listen to the podcast, uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, um, we'll have a deadline of of April twenty first. So that's a uh, let's see, a week before our next show or before our next show, April twenty first. Um, write in to our email. Uh, that's waybackattackshow at gmail dot com, and tell me uh, your favorite comic that you read growing up, 
and maybe one character that I've never heard of. All right, try to stump me. Um, but it's just going to be a random selection, and uh, we'll give one lucky random winner uh, all of these comics that I just went through, uh, plus some actually like top tier, like classic 80s stuff from, you know, like names you'll know, like X Men and Fantastic Four and, and some good stuff. Some stuff that I've actually bagged and boarded for you, you know, at your collection. Uh, I'll also even include this lame-o uh, <laughs> knockoff Ghostbusters. You know, not the real Ghostbusters, but the uh, the one with the monkey. Filmation. So, filmation. That's the real yeah. Ghostbusters. That's the... Oh, that, you know what I mean. That's the OG. So I'll include that. So, again, uh, we'll pick one random winner. Uh, email us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. Tell us... Who, what comic you read growing up, and give us try to stump us with one of the unknown characters that you may know. So, thanks. All right. I, this would have been a good point for me to have something for a bumper. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're learning. We're, we're doing it live, folks. We're doing it live. <laughs> yeah. Normally, Brian has has all the great sound effects and everything, so Here, we're working on it. What's next, though? There, all right, I played something. So next we've got uh, listener mail. Uh, so we figured since this is an in-between episode, we'd take some time to uh, read some emails that we have gotten uh, from some folks. And uh, we have our first one here from Jennifer G. says, hey, guys, thanks for all the great shows. Just listened to your latest episode and thought you missed a Tiger King, or should I say Queen? I can't count how many Lisa Frank tiger pictures I've seen in my life. She wasn't only dolphins and unicorns, but there are plenty of tigers on her artwork as well. Anyway, keep up the great work. Uh, to be fair, I will say uh, Preston brought up Lisa Frank, but only to roast me on my awesome tiger <laughs> trapper keeper that I had. That's right. I did. I did. I did. We didn't go in depth on, t- on Lisa Frank no. though. And, um, that's definitely one that I, I think may have missed our radar as far as like collectability and being all all hyper aware of it. But we, yeah, Trapper Keepers. I had a Trapper Keeper, did not have a Lisa Frank one. But her email um, inspired me to look on the Wikipedia and I learned a fact about Lisa Frank that's a little disconcerting. I mean, I'm happy Lisa Frank stuff is still out there, but the company itself no longer produces its its own products. It licenses it to it's licenses its name to other companies that do it. But Atari. it's still out there. It's like Atari now. Oh gosh. Atari. <laughs> you gonna get on that Atari Bitcoin or whatever they're selling? It's the token dog. Now's the best time because you can pre order it. Because once that comes out, it's gonna blow up. So right now oh, okay. trade in all your okay. Bitcoin, all your Ethereum to get in on this Atari token. Bye bye bye. <laughs> no, I'm gonna pass on that. Okay. All right. So uh, another email question. Oh, thanks for sending that in, uh, Jennifer. I appreciate that. Uh, email from Chris H. Chris says, hey, guys, I listened to the isolation show today and enjoyed it a lot. Last night while I was sheltering in place, I dropped my cell phone in the kitchen and cracked the screen. I was thinking about how similar this was to Time Enough at Last Twilight, episode, Twilight Zone episode. Luckily for me, it wasn't completely destroyed, and I could put some packing tape on the screen and keep using it until I can replace it. Thanks for the good work, uh, Chris H. Thanks for sending that, Chris. Uh, dude, I've never dropped my phone, but I totally sympathize with <laughs> folks who have. Uh, there was a while I worked at a, um authorized retailer for Metro PCS, and uh, 
the number one thing that the people in those stores deal with is uh-huh. uh, like interacting with customers that have broken their phones. And the number of phones that get dropped into toilets is out of this world. And people always tell you about that after they hand it to you. It's like, uh-huh. oh. <laughs> like you open it up and it's like, oh, no, the water sensor has been activated. And they're like, well, yeah, I dropped it in the toilet. It's like, oh, thanks. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> great. Um, everybody's a little germ conscious already, I think, more so now. <laughs> so, yuck. Um, no, yeah, that was a really good episode, and I didn't remember watching it until Brian pointed it out to me as his pick, and I watched it, and I was like, oh, I think I've seen this one. The episode itself is, like, oh, depressing. But, I mean, how fortunate are we now to have so many different varieties of entertainment? Like, we're so lucky... You know, one, we're lucky in that it's not quite as bad, uh, coronavirus and stuff like that, and their effects of it aren't quite as bad as the, you know, the doom and gloom namesayers were, were saying. It was a I mean, still bad. Don't get me wrong. It was the Okay, distancing. don't get me wrong. Still bad. Yep. But it wasn't as astronomically bad as it could have been had it been like Ebola or something awful. Right. Um, but also that it came around now when we have like 3,000 streaming services, um, devices out the wazoo, and um, we're not just having to play with sticks and rocks like we did when yeah. we were kids. Yeah, yeah. The and I, I will. I am happy that he especially talked about the this Twilight Zone episode because you thought it was too much of a downer. But see, people yeah. people relate. It's it's true. Sure, I was like, let's have happy time. Let's, talk, <laughs> let's make people forget about being bummed. No, I want to talk about the most depressing episode of the Twilight Zone there ever was. <laughs> my my girlfriend, I love I love things that are like, like at least where several people die or something like that, right? And my girlfriend hates that stuff because she hates getting invested in a character for them to die. And we watched Braveheart <laughs> the other night because she had never seen it, and I was like, no, like he like you know helped Scotland get become free and stuff. Like this yeah. is a really uplifting story. <laughs> and then, like she was starting getting like hints of stuff of what was going to happen. I was like, oh, wait till the intestine part. Oh my gosh. My wife um, and I had a running joke for forever in that I would, spo- I would spoil a movie for her by saying everyone died, uh-huh. you know? And, uh, and then I was like, Ooh, we should go watch the movie, the perfect storm. It's really good. Everyone <laughs> dies. And sure enough, everyone died in that movie. Spoiler alert for a movie that's 20 something years old, but yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, sorry. Moving on. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate right. that. Uh, next email. You want to cover that one, Brian? I got it. So, uh, this one's from Brad a, he says, I can't believe I just discovered your podcast. Thankfully it's given me a lot to listen to while I'm stuck at home. It's hard to imagine what life would be like now without being so connected. Thanks to the internet and technology as someone else who remembers life before the internet. Can you talk a little bit about your first exposure to being online? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, Hey, that uh, flows really good. Uh, so me, I didn't get my first email address until college. Okay. When I when I uh, got on the campus, one of the first things you did was you got your Pine system email address uh-huh. uh, for .edu. But that wasn't my first exposure to being online. It was just my first like ownership stake of being online because mm-hmm. I didn't have a computer growing up. We had a word processor. That was the fanciest thing to do, like, projects on. You could save the disk. It had a digital screen. Uh-huh. That was cool. But I had to go over to my friend's house to be able to do any sort of internet stuff. Um, I think I think eighth grade. 
So like 1993 was my first exposure. So it was early internet. I got access to early internet, but it was mostly just watching my friend do chat rooms where he could customize his own avatar pixel by pixel. He was an art kid and he loved to like create as as much uh, detail as he could in the pixelated avatars he could design. So oh. we did that and did some chat room stuff. Um, but dial-up internet was so slow, we didn't really do much of anything until I was in college and I bought my first computer um, when I was a... It, like 1999 as a sophomore in college. So my first experience is like we got AOL. And, and, well, so at my dad's house, um, my stepmom is, was very, is very computer savvy. Uh, and so we got uh, AOL like immediately. And um, <laughs> so back then it, they charged you. It was like, I don't, I don't, it's not, it's, I think it was like a dollar an hour. Is, is how much it cost. So that's outside. That was outside of your ISP. That was just to use AOL. And so she had a jar next to the computer where you would like, okay, I'm going to be on for five hours. So here's $5. And, uh, back then, um, AOL screen names could only have 10 digits. And I actually got banned because I really got into, um, like these, these, it was like programs to where you could basically, uh, not hack AOL, but you could like in the chat rooms, you could take over the chat room. So I, I, it was, I guess it was hacking AOL, but it was just like one of the programs was called Hellraiser or something like that. And basically like you could kick people from the chat rooms. You could scroll ASCII images on it and like do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I would go in there and like, just like, you know, I would just, I was, I was like 11 and, uh, or something like that. I would go in there and just like be mean to people. And if people were mean back to me, I would kick them out of the room and all this stuff. And AOL banned, you got power hungry. I did. AOL banned, um, her account because her account was the main account. And so oh, she, dude. I had the best screen name too. It was my initials B E G and then the number four and then M R C Y the 10, 10 digits. And so, um, she had to promise AOL that I would not be allowed to use the computer anymore. Uh, and so then I had to come up with a new screen name, which is the screen name I still have to this day. So I've had the same AOL email address since I was 11. Um, uh, and so, uh, but that, that was my first. I can't first... believe you still use AOL, dude. Oh, You're like my mom. I talked to somebody yesterday, um, and and, she, and I, like we were talking about emails, and she said, "Oh yeah, I have AOL," and I was like, "Yeah, fellow AOL person." <laughs> my hey, believe it or not, my mom was paying for AOL uh, until maybe four years ago. She, she was like, she said something to me. I was like, yeah, I'm still paying for that. And I was like, you shouldn't be. It's all free. I don't know what you're paying for. That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. No, I first had Hotmail. Um, and then I abandoned that for Yahoo, which was, you know, sleek and fancy. Yeah. And I had that for probably like eight years. And then Gmail the rest of the time. So I have email addresses with everything and I, I have different uses for them. But, uh -huh. but yeah, like, like it's. There was a time where I was like, I'm going to stop using the AOL one because I was getting so much spam just because of how old it is. But then um, I just got, I was like, man, I, I, like it's my original email address. Well, now it's almost a badge of honor that you still have it. It's kind of like when you stumble across those Angel Fire pages that haven't been changed since 1994. <laughs> I got right? one. It's like, whoa, it's a relic. I love, awesome. I love that. Pulling up my, my Angel Fire page is so funny to me. Like a Space Jam page. <laughs> anyway. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys for emailing us. And uh, again, we said it earlier in the show, but if you have a message for us, feel free to reach out to us on social media or whatever, or um, email us at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. We'd love to read your um, email on the show or just 
pop in and give us some ideas for questions or uh, content for the show. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Is it time for an intro or a segue, Brian? It is. Hold on. I, I forgot that you can't see it. Let me go back. I started it. I started it. All right. So, yeah. So, uh, we're going to segue into the uh, vintage commercial for your Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, you, okay. have, you have to give us some slack. Preston can't see what I'm doing here. So, uh, we have quite the setup going on. So, all right. Here we go. I just want to say that I am tired, tired of dumb old restaurants. I agree. You gotta sit still and not run around. And you know what else? They make you eat stuff like linguine. So that's interesting that they say Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid and not Chuck E. Cheese's. Yeah, I I remember that tagline at the very end of the commercial distinctly. Uh Like that was one of those like ones that was burning your brain. And I always swore it was Chuck E. Cheese's. It is. Where a kid can be a kid. I wonder if this is a Mandela effect thing. (laughs) Yeah, like Berenstain versus Berenstain. Uh Uh-huh. Because I specifically remember Chuck E. Cheese's also. Because it even, like, like Chuck E. Cheese, where a kid can be a kid, doesn't make as much sense as Chuck E. Yeah, you're e. adding Cheese's. an extra syllable yeah. where there's not one. That's yeah. weird. That's weird, man. I didn't even notice when I sent you that commercial. <laughs> so, why why Chuck E. Cheese, Preston? All right. So, we uh, were talking about it being your birthday, and you wanted, to ha- you wanted us to talk a little bit about birthdays past. Mm. And so, I went through... Um, some old photos to see if I could jog any memories. Cause I really, I don't really remember that many birthdays. Uh, I mean, I like, I think I, it's, I think it's the scenario where I remember the picture of the birthday more than I remember the birthday at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the pictures I had was of my six year old or seven year old birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. And, um, if you'd had those images that I sent you scanned, you could see it on the video right now, but, you're going to have to just look for it on um, social media. I'll try to post those on social so you can see them. But, um, yeah, uh, I didn't have that many. I, I I don't recall having that many birthday parties that weren't just, like, kind of laid back, more family affairs. Or if I had friends over, they were just to my house for <laughs> cake and presents and stuff. Yeah. But Chuck E. Cheese was one of those that was an event it was a trip. It was at the height of the Chuck E. Cheese fame when they were playing that commercial. They had games at the Yin Yang. They had the ball pit. They had the the little maze that you could crawl through. They had the the band. It was Chuck E. Cheese at its pinnacle, and I was there. I lived it. Did you go to Chuck E. Cheese? I was so I was trying to think about it while you're doing that. I'm I I feel like I had showbiz, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to think. I feel like um. I feel like in Alabama there was a Chuck E. Cheese, but that could have been the showbiz. Maybe I went to, I don't remember. I, I would have gone when I lived in Tampa. So, hey, if you're from Tampa and you grew up during that time period, let us know if it was Chuck E. Cheese or showbiz. I remember I liked show, showbiz better because um, I liked the like the colors better and I liked the diversity of the Rocket Fire Explosion compared to Chuck E. Cheese's band. I just thought the characters were cooler and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't even remember the name of the Chuck E. Cheese band. Do I, you? I think it's like the Chuck. 
You're a liar. No, I, I should know because I've been to Chuck E. Cheese recently. So, uh, but they don't have the band anymore. They just got Chucky behind the curtain, yeah, looking all weird. Yeah, but they have like the posters on the walls and stuff like oh, that. Okay. So, um, but yeah, like I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like what I'm think why it's confu- messing me up is the show business started getting replaced with Chuck E. Cheese's, and so I think that that's what's interfering with my memories for that. Well, um, speaking of rocket fire explosion. There's a, a documentary. I don't know that we've talked about this on the show before. I may have mentioned it because it's one of those things that just locks in. But um, Rocket Fire Explosion was the, was the band from Showbiz Pizza, and they made a documentary for this. And uh, it came out in like 2008, and it, it talks about the history. It interviews the guy who um, created them, and it interviews collectors who actually own their entire Rocket Fire stage set. And... Uh, program it to sing new songs and stuff it's really interesting it's one of those documentaries where it's like a little unsettling just because it's such a like a niche group um and the people are there are characters which of course makes for a good documentary right so um i definitely checked that one out and i think the guy's name is aaron fletcher who designed them and uh if you if you like that there's also a really good podcast on the Slate podcast, what's that? Oh, Dakota Ring. Dakota Ring talks about the pizza wars, basically, of Chuck E. Cheese versus Showbiz Pizza. It's really cool. Um, and then, Brian, I don't know if you want to show a little bit of the video while I talk, but um, there's a video I like to talk about, and I put it out probably once a year on my social media channels just to, to remind people how cool it is. And it's a video of a walkthrough of a Chuck E. Cheese in 1983 like before it opens for its grand opening. So it's an employee and he's walking through with the video camera and just going through in an empty Chuck E. Cheese showing all the games. Um, what's funny is one time he goes back uh, in the back and interviews his manager who's like, hey, is that one of those funny, that's one of those funny video things, isn't it? Um, but otherwise, if you're just an arcade collector, it's just kind of arcade porn to watch pristine never used brand new games of like track and field and pac-man and miss pac-man and all those and you recognize the sounds because they're playing in the background it's a really good video to check out and it's one of those things you're like wow i'm so glad i didn't know i needed someone to capture this event (laughs) but i'm glad someone did and uploaded it to the internet so i can enjoy it so yeah it is super cool to be able to see like i don't know it's just like a neat period in time so how you don't you don't have any information on like which number Chuck E. Cheese this was, do you? Uh, it may be on the video itself, but mm-hmm. uh, no, just Phoenix, Arizona, nineteen eighty three. Yeah, that, that is it is so crazy. Uh, looking at like the original signs and um, how everything I don't know because that so like oh it says it's New Forty Third Avenue. And time Thomas Road Store, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, I was just wondering, like, if it was like the cert, the third one that was opened or something like that. So, oh, gotcha. Um, but it, I don't know. I think it's I think it's neat seeing because like, I guess so. I must have been a showbiz kid because I don't remember any of these signs or anything. But but even just like the like, just the look of like the sign for the salad bar or, or the uh, the the theater room and stuff like that is all like very distinct looking for a, a place yeah. and time. Yeah. Well, um, you know, not everybody got to go to Chuck E. Cheese, but I did. 
and it was a very memorable birthday for me. The rest of my birthdays, like I said, are just mostly my friends hanging out. Um, my birthday's in the summer. It's in June. And so there was one year where I got to choose when to have my birthday because I got upset that everybody was at, that everybody was, you know, away from school. I couldn't really get in touch with them. So one year I had, uh, I think I had my birthday at like Halloween time when we did a haunted hayride. And that was pretty sweet. And then we had like uh, uh, a campfire and grilled uh, cooked hot dogs around the campfire. So that was really, really fun. I don't remember any presents though. Like there's a couple of pictures of me opening a G.I. Joe. There's a model car, but I don't really remember any presents. But uh, from what I can see by this list, that's not the case for you. You remember (laughs) all your presents that you've ever had, especially from what, your sixth birthday? Yeah, well, so I am lucky enough that um, we did not own a a video camera, but my stepdad must have gotten one somehow, Um, either someone letting him borrow it, or I assume there was places that you could probably rent them at the time. Um, But the uh, this must have been easy for him to get, because I was in gymnastics too, and there's like video of me doing gymnastics stuff. Uh, But anyways... um, so I have my sixth birthday uh, on VHS tape. Uh, I was lucky because my little sister, um, there was a VHS tape of her being born, but one of her babysitters taped over it with her stories. And so... uh, are you serious? Yeah. Dude, I've heard about that. I saw the thing on Reddit about the guy had the... <laughs> His first birthday, and it crossed out and said Ghostbusters. Someone <laughs> taped over. Go- I didn't know that happened to real people. That's yep. so nuts. Yeah. So um, this is, you know, this oh. is a really cool tape because. I can't even uh, imagine. I, I, most of the people, like most of those kids, I don't remember just because we moved around so much. So I only really remember, like, uh, like my best friend at the time was this kid named Jeff. He was he was a very cool kid, and you can tell from the clothes that he's wearing in this video uh, that he is indeed a cool kid. Like my stepdad says something about like, "Wow, those those clothes are are pretty wild there, Jeff." Uh, but it was like your classic like eighties like it's like like something that Spicoli would have worn on on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, but he was awesome because when his family moved out of the neighborhood, he left his window unlocked so me and all the other kids in the neighborhood could sneak into that house and just hang out in his house when no one was there. It was awesome. That is great. Uh, yeah. Hey, not to sidetrack you no, from your story, I want you to get back to it, but you mentioned not knowing anybody in your pictures. Mm-hmm. I The pictures I shared with you earlier and I'll share on social, I don't remember any of those kids except for my Chuck E. Cheese picture. Um, I know the one kid's name and then the other guy, he's got red hair and we were really good friends growing up. His name is Glenn. Mm. And um, But when I moved from Lake Forest, Illinois to Mississippi, totally lost touch. Um. Years later, like basically six years ago, seven years ago, he listened to my podcast and he connected with me because he also was an arcade collector. Oh, that's cool. And so when I went to go to Pinball Expo in Chicago, um, I got to go eat dinner with him and his family and see his game room and stuff and reconnect. And this is somebody that I hadn't seen in 30 years. So wow. really, really cool. And it's it's weird what but things stick with you and, and come back to you. But Hey, let's hear about your sixth birthday some more, man. Yeah. So, um, I'm just going to run through some of the cool things that I got, uh, for my sixth birthday. So, uh, 
I think that there's a couple things that were missed because like there's some weird like choppiness in certain parts. Uh, but uh, someone must have given me some bubblicious bubble gum because I'm trying my hardest to open this piece of bubble gum like before I open any presents. And all the kids are like, "Open my present! Open my present!" And I'm just like sitting there trying to do it. And like my mom's like, "Just open the presents, Brian." And so I'm like, I'm "Like, ah, uh, there's there's multiple times where I come back to that gum. Like, I gotta get this gum out of the package." <laughs> Um, someone gave it's me. It's funny you mentioned Bubblicious because uh, that was a draft fake name. I was going to use that as an inspiration <laughs> for a draft fake name in the comic book because you know the '90s were big on like oh, right. uh, hot chicks and babes, and it's going to have Babelicious. Uh, nice. That would have been perfect because they also all had. Uh, they were also always blowing bubbles on covers and stuff. So yeah, big bubble butts. Uh-huh. So <laughs> um, anyway. So in another, there's a scene of me like going through all these garbage pail kids that someone gave me, and I still have those garbage pail kids on the shelf right here. Uh, so that's from my sixth birthday. I still have those. Um, it's funny. Someone gave me a Defenders of the Earth claw copter, and on the last episode, you you talked about the Defenders of the Earth to me, and I was like, I have no idea who those people are. And, yeah, I asked you about the Phantom, right? Something like yeah, that. Uh huh. And so uh, it's funny because. The reason I had no idea about it is when I saw it on the tape, I saw the box and I went, oh, Defenders of the Universe. That must be some Voltron toy because I love Voltron when I was a kid. And I, when I'm opening it, I also say, oh, cool, Defenders of the Universe. So I must have just never read the box and then just been like, oh, it's a Voltron toy in my head. So, But it was the claw copter for that. Um, yeah, the, the, I will say the toy aesthetic certainly does mimic uh-huh. Voltron. So interchangeable, I think. Uh, did you ever read the Barefoot Bear books? No, I have no, no idea what those are. Okay, they, I know the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, but... the I got several Barefoot Bear books, and apparently they still they, they're still being sold today, so they must be pretty good. Um, I did also get a GI Joe Slam, uh, which is the um, it is a Joe vehicle uh, that stands for Strategic Long Range Artillery Machine, uh, and uh, <laughs> the. This website that I looked at, it was like, um, are there any pieces that are easily broken or lost? And it was like the 10 small orange missiles are easily lost. So this thing was one of those actual shooting toys. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I got a pound puppy newborn, which I loved pound puppies when I was a kid. Um, did you, did you ever play with those? Yeah, I had those. My sister had those. And I, until I saw this commercial, or you mentioned the newborns, I forgot that they made, like, the smaller ones. Yeah. Because uh, I, I only remember the bigger ones. But, yeah, it's kind of like how they did Cabbage Patch, and they did, like, Cabbage Patch Preemies. Yeah. Which is in very <laughs> poor taste. But, um, yeah, you wanted the little small, the, as small and cute as possible. Yeah. And, they like, it was cool, like, thinking about, like, Pound Puppies was huge, and it's neat thinking about how you as a, you know, toy maker or manufacturer or marketer and stuff, how you come up, okay, well, what's the next thing we're going to do? Cause they had wrinkly ones for a while. Also, do you remember mm-hmm. those at all? Yeah. And so eventually, you know, they still make pound puppies today. So, um, and they wound up like having moving parts at some point and stuff like that too. But man, when I was a kid, I love pound puppies. And it's funny because I was precious with pound puppies and my mom ate it up because in that video like someone gives it to me and i go oh and i like rub my nose against its nose and my mom goes oh i've got to see this video i've got to see it some kids like he's already got so many pound puppies she's like and my mom instantly goes yeah but he likes pound puppies (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, I got some Dunkin' Yo-Yos. I'll, I've said it before on the show, but I love Yo-Yo Man. I wanted to be an amazing Yo-Yo person, and so I always got Dunkin' Yo-Yos. Uh, I got a set of Hot Wheel City trucks, a bubblegum machine. I got this thing. It says the Bungle Iron Gear, and I've, I, I could not have told you before I looked up what this thing was because I always assumed it was just like a knockoff transformer. And I was like, in preparation for the show, I, I was like, well, let me just look and see if maybe it's something that I don't recognize. And surely enough, uh, this, this thing is, it is Zabungle Iron Gear is a Japanese show. It's an anime that um, the guy that came up with Gundams, it's, it's a show that he did. And it's it's basically the same thing. It's like um, giant robot, uh, a giant robot mech, basically. Wow! And it, it transforms. But I just always was like, oh, this is just like some knockoff thing. But uh, actually, it's like, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I don't think I. It, I just don't know who would have given me this gift because uh, I can't imagine that this show ever made it to America because I don't ever remember it either. And so I don't know why we would have had toys for it. Like I, I did have I, Asian friends at the time. And so maybe they, one of them brought it for me or something, but I don't did know. Did you look to see if it's worth a lot now? There's, there's different ones. Like it, it was a huge show. And so there was a lot of toys made for it. Um, and, but all the stuff I can find, it's, they're all basically like Gundam models now. So, um, mm-hmm. I got this thing, and man, you know, this is an old tape. It is a Transformers box. I swear this is a Transformers box. But it has the logo for Tonka on it. And I was like, I couldn't think of what it was. Tonka made GoBots GoBots characters. But Uh I swear it's a Transformers box. And the only Tonka Transformers, because eventually they all got bought up by um, uh, Hasbro. And so... uh, Eventually, Tonka did make Transformer toys, but not back in 87. And so I don't know. I'm not sure what uh, what this thing was. And I looked. I know you're looking right now, but I looked. I, I yeah. couldn't find anything. So uh, I was looking to see who made GoBots. Is that Galoob or is that Tonka? Um, they, I think they both made figures, but Tonka definitely made. Because if you search Tonka Transformer, it's all GoBots. That all. That's all. Oh no, up. GoBots is Tonka. Yeah. yeah so weird. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, on some Transformer wiki page, there is a character called Tonka, but I, the only art for it is looks like something from DeviantArt. And so, like, I don't know what the deal is with this character, but um, I got a Mad Ball, which Mad Balls were awesome. Uh, I know that around Halloween last year, we posted pictures of us when we were kids, and one of those pictures, I was a Mad Ball for Halloween. Um, the one that I got for this birthday was Skullface which is a skull with a large eye, sockets, sporting tiny red eyes, big set of teeth with a partially exposed brain. Uh, and so he, um, I got him that year, which is pretty awesome because I, I had that forever. I love Mad Balls. And then I got some Choose Your Own Adventure books, this awesome dinosaur shirt, and then uh, some Construct Space Command set, um, which I was a really crappy kid. And I already had this toy <laughs> and I start opening it. And my mom must have known like, like who it was that, that, that were what I was getting. Cause I start opening it. I go, I already got this. And she's like, no, you uh, add to it. And I was like, no, I've already got this. She was like, no, you just, you add to it. It's more fig. It's like more blocks. Oh so, uh, man. From a parent standpoint, having been in her shoes now, I'm like <laughs> cringing for her. Like, Oh 
no, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. <laughs> I swear, um, I also got a um, a spirograph uh, at this birthday too, but it wasn't in the tape. So, uh, uh, but that well, was those were all the gifts that we got. We played. Uh, I also got like a a, sw- a swing set um, that w- that was installed like the day before or that day, um, like. And I'm pretty sure that my stepdad didn't put cement on it because oh, he no. wouldn't let me climb up one side of it. He would let me play all over everything else, but he wouldn't let me play on one side because it wasn't set yet. And so, like, when all the kids are there and they're all swinging on it and jumping on it and stuff, the whole thing is, like, shifting. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, uh, and so that was, that was like, the big present for, for that year. So it was, it was a good birthday. We had hey, everyone. Hey, can't go wrong on sixth birthday. That's a lot yeah. of presents, a lot of variety. Dude, my mom, she was so good. She always, she was a great host and she always, uh, she came up with games and stuff for us to play. And so like there, there's like a thing that's like almost like an Easter egg hunt. Like she hid these things everywhere and whoever found the most got a toy. I did get very upset during this birthday because in my memory, I won at least one game, but I feel like I won multiple games, but I wasn't allowed to get the presents that you get. Like if you won, you got to get prizes. Yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't allowed to get them and I got mad about it and went and locked myself in my closet <laughs> because I was so mad about it. But, um, but yeah, so she like came up with all these games for all the kids to play and, uh, it was crazy. Like all, all, all these kids running around. So I'm glad you mentioned moms. I must've been a, a, a crap little, little kid. I don't, cause I don't remember when this happened, but my sister's birthday, like I mentioned is in December. And uh, mine is in June. So mm-hmm. I don't know if she just decided on her own to to have to alleviate any sort of um, pent-up frustration. But I remember I would get a half-birthday present uh, when my sister had her birthday. Oh, yeah. You know, like I would get a G.I. Joe right. or something uh-huh. while she had all her presents. And I don't know people who do – I don't do that for my kids. I don't say here's a – Here's a present for you, so you don't feel bad that your sister got all their presents for her birthday. Right, but there's some, um, somebody else I know that that happened to. Uh, I, I don't remember. Oh, I think I think like my grandmother used to do that for me and my little sister. Like I remember my my grandmother, like my dad's mom, she would always buy stuff for my little sister, and uh, I feel like it may have been something like that. Mm. But my mom was great, and she like your mom went all out for birthdays and. Uh, one of the pictures I sent you was of a He-Man themed birthday party. I had a He-Man cake. I had He-Man utensils and plates and stuff. And she even um, f- drew a He-Man on like butcher board, uh, butcher paper. And we had a game instead of pin the tail on the donkey, it was pin the the He-Man symbol <laughs> on He-Man's chest. So um, yeah, it was it was really cool, and that was a good a good birthday. I remember that one. So. Yeah. Well, the um, I was going to go more in depth on some of these things like pound puppies and the G.I. Joe slam and the um, uh, mad balls, but it's running a little long. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so, we played it by ear here. Yeah. We're, we're doing a lot of things at once. Video, and uh, this is a, a good trial run for seeing how the nuts and bolts of this thing work. Cause eventually we'll want to do this live, right? Yep. That's the goal is eventually we'll be doing the show live on Twitch. We will put up a, uh, archived version basically on YouTube and then still put out the audio one. Uh, so that way people have, have options to be able to, to do. And like the live one on Twitch, like we'll, 
we're still spitballing some ideas, but we'd like to have like, you know, a time after the show where we're talking to people that are watching and that kind of thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. so like if, you know, I know we were talking about earlier, like hitting us up on social or, or on the email and stuff, but that way, uh, we could interact immediately with people that, that have questions or anything about anything that we're talking about. Yeah. And we can do some shorter fun things in between the regular like quote podcast where it's a, you know, just different stuff in between, but Hey, this is an in between episode. This was all over the place. We're talking (laughs) birthday parties, Flobies, but I think it's pretty good overall. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think everything worked out pretty well. All right. Well, Brian, thanks for working out this video thing and for everybody listening along. Thanks for listening to the show and, and, and sticking us in your ear holes. We'll be back with a regular episode next week. And um, you can always find me on social media at Squared Stiff. Brian, they're uh, at B.E. Grantham mm-hmm. on Twitter. And where can they find us online? So you can find uh, the show at Wayback underscore Attack on Twitter. You can hit us up on email, waybackattackshow.com. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube at Wayback Attack. All right, guys, thank you for listening and maybe for watching. So uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Oh, no, I knew you would. I knew you'd just leave it running. Is this for bloopers? No. It's just theme, okay. theme song Are we playing. just going to see how long I smile? No, the, the, out, the outbound theme song's playing.